Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me on my drive to work this morning. Well, the round two Western Conference semifinal matchup is set between the Lakers and the Rockets. First game takes place Friday night, tomorrow night, since I'm recording today on Thursday. Let's get into it. So the Rockets beat the Thunder in seven games in the first round, and that game seven was pretty wild. It almost was like neither team wanted to win that game. The The Rockets pretty much did everything that they possibly could to lose that game. Um, the last three possessions, the, the last three possessions, I think Russell... Westbrook missed layups or James Harden gave up the ball to someone else that missed a shot. So not if you're a Rockets fan, not exactly the the uh, offensive plays that you would want to try and close out a series clinching game, but they were able to get the job done. They got the win. Um, it was just tough. I mean, in that the last few minutes of that game, I couldn't help but think that the Thunder just are not a good playoff basketball team. I honestly don't even know how. I, I think they're lucky that they got to the fifth seed, honestly. Um, I don't think that the Thunder are a better team than the Mavericks. I don't think even the Jazz, it's a question if they were better than them. But they ended up there. That's how it all played out. But that being said, the fact that the Thunder took the Rockets to Game 7 should be extremely encouraging for us Lakers fans. Um, that, and I you know, I didn't watch every single game of that Rockets-Thunder series. I only watched bits and pieces, so, you know, maybe I'm missing something. But the... When a game's close at the end of a game in a clinching in a, in a series clinching game, that's really when the truth comes out for a team. And the lack of offensive prowess or like confidence um, for the Thunder was was just not good. And so like they took a team, the a Rockets team that that they've been they've been a good team they've won they've beat good teams they've their small ball lineup has done well for them um but the thunder took a rockets team and pushed them to their limits so this morning as a lakers fan going into the second round against the rockets i don't feel all that nervous or scared of the rockets i do I think the Rockets can steal a couple games? Yeah, sure, they could win a couple games. When you have James Harden on your team, if he goes off, then then I think anything really could happen. But based on the fact that the Thunder literally pushed the Rockets to their limits is very telling. 
Um, the Rockets, I mean, like, they didn't... Throughout the series, they shot 43% from the field and 35% from three, which is pretty... I would imagine pretty below... It's, like, probably around average or below average for how an NBA team shoots, especially especially in the playoffs. Um, so they shoot 45% from the field, 30, 43% from the field, 35% from three. Um, that Those numbers don't really, don't really scare me all too much. Um, I think if it was like 45% from the field or higher and... 38% or higher from three, then I'd be like, all right, that would, that would scare me a little bit. I mean, I get that's only like a 2% difference, but, um, every percentage matters when it comes to, when it comes to that. So I don't know. I am really coming into it. Don't feel too nervous about the Rockets. Um, it's, I, it's, it's almost a similar feeling about the Blazers that I had about the Blazers where, I'm only nervous because James Harden could go off at any moment and carry the team. Um, and maybe Russell Westbrook could also. In theory, he could. He's not been playing too great. He was out. He missed, I think he missed the first four games or the first, yeah, he missed the first four games of the, the series against the Thunder. Uh, due to, like, a quad strain, I believe. Um, and he came out and has not played very well in the last in the three games that he's played. Um, he came in, his first game back, the Thunder blew out, the, or the Rockets blew out the Thunder. But that was more, I think, of James Harden. I think Russell Westbrook only had, like, seven points in that game. And then in the last two games, which were close games, the Thunder won to force game seven. In that game, Russell Westbrook um, blew, blew a layup late in the game. He airballed a shot from the free throw line late in the game. And then on basically the Rockets' last possession, threw the ball out of bounds trying to pass to somebody. So he his head just does not look like it's in the game right now. Obviously, things can change. Um... But if he keeps playing like he's played the last three games, then he's like it's almost a non-factor. But in theory, having Russell Westbrook and James Harden is more of a threat than the talent that the Blazers had. So in that sense, they're more dangerous, or they have the potential to be more dangerous. But based on their series against the Thunder, I really have a hard time being too nervous um, I think a lot, I think the big, the big thing, um, the big question that the Rockets pose against the Lakers is how will the Lakers play against the small ball, um, lineup that the Rockets put out there? Um, the, the Lakers played the Rockets in one of the first games where the Rockets really win with the small ball lineup after they got rid of uh, Clint Capella and brought in Robert Covington and in that game Russell Westbrook went off for like 43 points um, 
and was just like running the floor. He basically ran the Lakers out of the gym um, and killed them that way. So they have shown that, that they can beat the Lakers. Again, though, that was the first, really the first game where the Lakers saw the small ball lineup. So I don't think they were quite prepared for it. Um, but it will be interesting because the Lakers are a, they're pretty rare in that they're a really big team. Um, and the Rockets really embrace the small ball lineup, so they're smaller than a lot of teams. Um, so JaVale, it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers handle JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard um, going into the series because I would imagine that the, the smallest the Lakers lineup can be with keeping both Anthony Davis and LeBron James in the lineup is obviously you have Le- or, uh, Anthony Davis at the five. And at that point, I think he would be covering or he'd be matched up with Robert Covington, I think is their quote unquote big guy um, in their lineup. So he'd be matched up with Robert Covington. At that point, even James Harden is a bigger guy in the team. So like maybe LeBron James would be matched up with James Harden. Although I don't think that they'll have LeBron covering him the majority of the time unless unless he's like going off and they need a they need to stop him um and then they have like PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon and um yeah, I just I don't it'll be it'll be interesting interesting to see how the Lakers choose to match up against them because like in theory in theory, this is when having, like, J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters could really come in handy. Um, if J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters can play playoff basketball, like, play to the playoff level that's needed, um, which I haven't really seen from J.R. Smith. He's... This, he a lot of times just looks lost out there. Um, and Dion Waiters really hasn't gotten too much playing time. Or didn't get too much playing time in the first round, so not totally sure what's going on there. Um, but in theory, like they, those are guys that could match up if they could play defense um, with that small ball lineup a little bit better than like Dwight Howard or Javale McGee. But also like Dwight Howard and Javale McGee, of all the bigs in the league, can run the full the floor pretty well. Um, so I think that maybe the Lakers just try and throw them out there um, and maybe and just try to punish the Rockets inside I it'll it'll be it's hard to really tell it'll be the first game will be telling I think kind of similar to the Blazers game although that one was the Blazers series the first game was was less telling in that the Lakers just shot terribly but I think it'll be easier to see when um, they match up in the first game just how things are going and like the flow of the game and all that stuff but I think that the Lakers will stick to their normal rotation as much as they possibly can but we might see, we'll probably see Anthony Davis on the floor as a five a little bit more than normal just to try and counteract that small ball lineup. But, I mean, Anthony Davis, 
Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, they can all run the floor pretty well um, as big men. So I'm not too nervous in terms of, like, having those guys on the court against the Rockets. It's just a matter of, like, how long and and how much. Because I think, like, the the Rock like, James Harden, his, like, he can – he's a amazing offensive player. He can – shoot the three really well he can get to the basket really well and draw fouls um so i think we really the the key to success against the rockets is really containing james harden if we could force russell westbrook to take a chunk of shots in this series then i think the lakers will fare much better than if james harden is taking those shots so um, really sticking to James Harden, kind of almost like the game plan that the Lakers had against the Blazers where they contained Damian Lillard. Um, I think the Lakers need to do the same thing against the Rockets with James Harden. Um, and because James Harden is so good at getting to, getting to the basket, that's where having the big men really can be beneficial. So having really packing the paint, excuse me, packing the paint with um, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, even LeBron, like, it just makes his life, it'll make James Harden's life so much more difficult trying to get to the hoop. And, like, getting him to settle for threes, like, I'll take that. I mean, making James Harden settle for threes will maybe really hurt you for a game, maybe two games, um, but for the for a whole series, that doesn't scare me too much, especially considering that that as a team, they only shot thirty five percent from three um, in the series against the Thunder. Because for instance, like the Lakers in the first round matchup against the Blazers, I think I they shot like thirty four percent from three against um, the Blazers, and that's including a fifteen percent three-point shooting game in the first in the first game and and then a couple games of good shooting from three a couple games of average shooting from three and they they were at 34 percent and then the Rockets in their seven games against um the Thunder were at 35 percent so like James Harden wasn't shooting lights out from three necessarily um or else he would have brought that team percentage up a little bit higher I mean, unless he was shooting lights out and the rest of the team is awful from three, then then that would make sense. But but I, I think the the team shooting for the Rockets, I'm not too worried about. Now, if the Rockets are smart, the way that they'll play the Lakers is they'll do what they can to pack the paint and let the Lakers beat them from the three-point line. I mean, that's what any team should do against the Lakers is pack the paint to try and stop Anthony Davis and LeBron James from getting to the hoop and make KCP and Danny Green beat you from the three-point line. That's, that's I mean, that's the strategy right there to, to beat the Lakers. Now, the Lakers can counteract that and try and draw the defense out and then beat take them inside and beat them inside there's ways to counteract that but the 
the way that the the Rockets can, the way the Rockets or really any team should should try and beat the Lakers is by forcing them to shoot to shoot threes. Um, now, can the Rockets really do that against the Lakers with their small ball lineup? Yes and no. I mean, having anybody down low by the basket is impeding will impede someone's um, movements towards the hoop. So, like, P.J. Tucker, he's not a huge guy, but putting him, having him stay back down low, it will be a little bit harder for, like, Anthony Davis or LeBron James to get to the hoop. Will it completely stop them? Not necessarily. So I think, like, while the Rockets need or should force the Lakers to beat them from the outside, they don't really have much strength down low to enforce a strong um, rim-protecting defense. So so they, that's where the, the Rockets will get into, get into trouble, is on the defensive end, they don't have the size to match up against LeBron James or Anthony or and Anthony Davis, um, let alone uh, JaVel McGee, Dwight Howard, those guys. Like if Lebr- like you know, like when LeBron James will like drive to the hoop, draw a guy, and then either lob it up or get it to Howard or, or McGee. Um, those types of plays. The Rockets don't really have anyone to counteract that, and then. Um, if the Lakers are hitting from three, because the Rockets are so small, they when when James Harden and Anthony Davis get to the hoop, as many guys as possible are going to collapse on them to try and stop get you know get the stop. But then that'll that's what that's when the guys from around three will, will be left open, which will probably be the Rockets' strategy. Like I said, to keep to to force the Lakers to beat them from three. But if Danny Green, KCP are able to shoot, you know, four for seven or six for nine or something like that, then the Lakers are winning the game. Like if Danny Green and KCP are making like four or more threes in a game, it's hard to beat. It'll be very difficult to beat the Lakers. So, those are kind of the keys to the game for the Lakers. Um, beat the Rockets down low if you can. If not, hit your threes. Um, it's pretty simple. And then for the Rockets, on defense, force the Lakers to beat you from three. And and then on the on their offensive end, you have to beat the Lakers from three because because Russell Westbrook and James Harden aren't as good as they are or as good as they can be. They're just – it's – them getting to the basket is just going to fatigue them even more because they're going to have to be banging down low with Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. And whether they're drawing fouls or not, they're still getting bumped and bruised and hit. And, like, it's just not – and even then, like trying to hit a, make a layup while you're, you know, being bumped or being contested is not easy either to, to make them. I mean, we saw Russell Westbrook box like four layups in the last few minutes of game six and seven against the Thunder. So 
forcing the forcing the the rockets to beat you from inside is is kind of the strategy for the Lakers. Um, so so I think like overall that's kind of like a an overall broad look at the series. Um, kind of the things that the Lakers can do and the Rockets can try and do to counteract one another. At the end of the day, I think the Lakers will win the series. I'm not too worried about it. I honestly, I want to say that the Lakers will win the series in five games. I feel like that might be a bit too um, sporty of a prediction. So I'll, I'll say Lakers in six. Um, when you have James Harden and Russell Westbrook winning two games, really, like they, that's very realistic for them. Um, and I think a lot of it's going to have to do with how the Lakers come out of the gates to start game, to start game one. I mean, I know they came out slow against the Blazers in game one, and it was fine. They won four games in a row. Um, no harm, no foul, really. I think that against the Rockets, it'll be a little bit more... As you go on in the playoffs, the the bigger hole you get yourself into, the harder it is to get out of. And I think losing one game to the Rockets is more crucial than losing one game to the Blazers. So I think if the Lakers can come out firing in game one and get that win and just kind of get the ball rolling that way, then it'll really set the tone for the series. Um, we don't want, I mean, the Lakers, the Blazers kind of put the Lakers, uh, maybe on, I don't know if I'd say they put them on their heels in game, in game one or after game one. If anything, it was more like in a boxing match, the way I pictured it would be like the Blazers, like got a quick, like face shot or something to, to the Lakers and it like shocked them. Like they weren't ready for it. Uh, but then they recovered and just beat the crap out of the Blazers. So um, and against the Rockets, losing one, you know, you can lose a game and that could give them momentum to then go win the second game. And then at that point, then you're on your heels and you're struggling. So the Lakers need to come out firing in game one. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because the Lakers had some momentum. They had, they had good momentum against the Blazers and then, um, they took, there's the two days where they were protesting the games and then they came back and they they closed out the game against the Blazers but it wasn't a too great of a game it was kind of like a it was kind of like a um almost like a pickup game like an open gym type game is how kind of how it felt like where the Lakers had like it almost seemed like the Lakers knew that they were going to win no matter what so they weren't trying too much they were kind of just playing around not playing great defense and then they knew that when they when they needed to, they could go on a run and win the game. So and that's what happened. So, um, and then so they close out that series, and then the Thunder Force Game Seven against the Rockets, and the Round Two matchup for the Lakers gets pushed to Friday night, which is nice in some ways because the Lakers get some rest, but um, it could also mess with their momentum a little bit. So that's just why I say like if the Lakers can come out firing on all cylinders um, in round one with that rest then then I could see the that's that's a that's a scenario when I could see the Lakers winning in five but if they come out a little sluggish even if they still get the win in game one then 
I might be a little more nervous of the Rockets winning a couple games. So I'm going to say Rockets in six. Sorry. Damn, bad juju. Lakers in six. Um, hopefully I didn't just jinx myself. Um, so I'm going to say Lakers in six. Uh, and I'm super pumped for game one tomorrow night. Lakers Carpool is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, let's move on. Let's kind of just talk about what's going on around the league. So the uh, I mentioned it in the last episode, but the Clippers closed out the Mavericks, so they moved on to the second round. Um, and then the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz, that series went to seven games. The Jazz had a 3-1 lead in that series, and Jamal Murray carried the Nuggets. He was averaging like... 47 or 50 points a game in the last three games of that series. Um, he carried them to force game seven and then in a close game beat the Utah Jazz. The Jazz had a chance to win it on the last shot in game seven and it rimmed in and out and the Denver Nuggets held on and uh, clinched that series. So the Nuggets are going to take on the Clippers in round two. I think that's the best-case scenario for us Lakers fans. Um, it would have been fun to see the Jazz upset the Nuggets just because the Nuggets looked awful at the beginning of that series, um, and Donovan Mitchell was killing it. But it would have been would have been fun to see the underdog win kind of normally as like a, by, a as a NBA fan bystander watching that series. But as a Lakers fan... I want the Clippers to have as difficult of a time getting to the Western Conference Finals as possible. So I think the Nuggets do. I think the Nuggets, even though they didn't play great against the Jazz, are the better team or have the potential to be the better team um, than the Jazz. So I think that they can pose the most threats to the Clippers. Um, I don't think that the Nuggets will will beat the Clippers in the series, but I um, but I do think that the Nuggets will make it a little bit more difficult for the Clippers than the Jazz would. So I'm happy to see that the I'm happy that the Nuggets won that series against the Jazz. Um, I kind of see that series being similar to how the Lakers Rockets one is, where like the Nuggets are good, they could win a game or two, but really won't be a, that much of a threat in winning the series kind of how I feel about the Lakers Rockets could win a game or two but don't pose too much of a threat I don't think um so that's kind of how the Western Conference is shaping up Lakers Rockets Clippers Nuggets and then on the Eastern Conference so they the Eastern Conference closed out their first round series pretty quickly so they've moved on to the second round already um and we have a couple upsets already brewing in both of those series so the Celtics are playing the Raptors. The Celtics blew out the Raptors in game one. 
uh, took a 1-0 series lead. And then in Game 2, uh, the game was a lot closer, but the Celtics still held on. So they lead the Raptors 2-0. to um, And remember, in that series, the Raptors are the second seed and the Celtics are the third seed. So technically an upset uh, could be happening in that series. Um, and then even bigger news is the Bucks are playing the Heat in their second-round matchup. And as of last night, the Heat are up in that series two to zero on the Bucks, the mighty mighty Bucks. Um, and in that first game, Jimmy Butler had 40 points and just smoked the Bucks. And there's a lot of conversation going on about Giannis and his defense because they didn't have, and this ne- isn't necessarily Giannis's fault, but. They never in once in that game one had Giannis try and really cover Jimmy Butler. I think in the game, Giannis was guarding Jimmy Butler for an entire 38 seconds for the game, and I get it. Like, it's not the it's not like the best matchup necessarily. Like Giannis and Jimmy Butler aren't really the same position, but at the same time, like Giannis is kind of transcendent of position. He's kind of like a, like Kevin Durant, and even almost like how LeBron James is where like LeBron James is like a a small forward but he could be a power forward like he he's kind of transcendent of position but even more so Giannis is kind of like Kevin Durant where they're like seven foot tall but they just kind of are have the ball ball in their hands um so Giannis like he's I would imagine that he won defensive player of the year because he plays great defense, right? Like, he can stop a guy. He can fly around the court. He can block shots. Um, and he makes his team better defensively. But we did not see that in game one. No matter what people say about, like, him in the matchup with Jimmy Butler, like, if you're if you're Giannis in that situation, like, you you have to ask your coach, like, let me try and get a stop. Because, like, if you have a guy, like, Jimmy Butler scoring 40 points was his career high. Um, so if you have a guy going for his career high in points, like, he's having the game of his life. Um, and if you're a defensive player that's like Giannis, who's, like, really just transcendent of position, um, you have to ask your coach or demand that your coach let you guard him for at least a couple possessions just to see if you can slow him down, if you can get a stop. Because at that point, like, like, you have a guy going off like that, like, no harm, no foul. Like, he, he could score on Chris Middleton. Would you rather have him score on Chris Middleton or have him try and score on Giannis? Like, I would think it would be Giannis. So, um, and I didn't look at the stats for game two, but, but yeah, so, like, be honest and then in his interview after game one someone asked him if he was like wanted to cover Jimmy Butler and he's like no why would I want to do it and like everyone's like well because you're a great defensive player and you're the best player in the team and in theory the best player in the league you know like LeBron James would have tried to cover Jimmy Butler Anthony Davis would have tried to cover Jimmy Butler and that's like even more so like in theory could be a worse matchup so I mean like Giannis and the Bucks are just not um, not playing too great. They have not looked like themselves. 
at least themselves of the regular season pre the COVID shutdown. So that'll be fun to see. Fun to see how the how that series pans out. Um, I mean, it's all good for the Lakers. Like if the Lakers make it to the Western Conference Final, or if the Lakers make it to the finals, even if the Bucks get their act together and end up beating the Heat and somehow make it to the finals, being already down being down already two games to zero to the Heat means they have to win four games. Um, they're gonna play at least six games, so so that's just more wear and tear, more energy, more effort that the Bucks have to put into that series and in the, into their playoffs. So good for whoever has to play them next, whether it's in the Eastern Conference or in the finals potentially. So a lot of fun things happening around the league. Keep an eye out on that Bucks Heat series. And then um, starting tonight, the Clippers play the Mavericks. And then Friday night, Lakers and Rockets. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, Thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!